we've been talking about, and you could turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to jump off. This is a foundational scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Um, but we're going to talk tonight about something that really is kind of the glue of the, of the last five nights. We've talked about how that we have to live our life yielded to the Holy Spirit. We must, in order to be sensitive to him, we must be open to be led however he directs us. But how do we do that? We're going to talk about something that's foundational in your Christian life. It's not talked about a lot. However, Paul talked about it a lot. We're going to talk about how that you have to live your life with a clear conscience. So important. God doesn't want you carrying anything. Most believers are, are really confused because their life, their, their conscience is cluttered and clouded with inner turmoil, with situations, because, you know, just all this stuff we're going we're gonna to talk about tonight, how to walk free from that and how to live our life with a clear conscience. This is so very important. These three things are the foundation. We'll talk about some other things as the Lord leads us. You know, there's, there's walking in the peace of God, walking holy before the Lord, you know, living a sanctified life. All these things will help you be sensitive, but we must learn how to live moment by moment and day by day with a clear conscience. Everything, and I'll start out by saying this, everything in your life is reflective and everything is connected. You know, people kind of, sometimes they'll laugh at me, you know, because, I mean, my car is usually really clean, right? You know, our house, we, we, we really, we keep a clean house, uh, if you were to go in my dresser drawers, you know, I mean, everything is in its place. You know, all of my t-shirts, I, when I do laundry, I cycle them and they all have their place and things are hung every, every hangers a certain way and all this stuff. And people will go, well, that's just your personality. But you have to understand the Lord started with me years and years ago. And all of it is designed in order for me to live with a clear conscience. I don't, I don't allow clutter in my life because I don't want clutter in my conscience. I don't like when I walk into the kitchen and I see a dish or see, you know, my definition of dishes is literally not just clean and sitting there drying. No, 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 it's put away, right? Where you don't see anything. Why? It's just because I live my life, and, and you know, and now, now listen, I'm not telling everybody you got to clean your house and be a freak like, you know, whatever, right? But I'm telling you, this is me. Because for me, and, and, and really it is for you, it is all connected. If, you, if, you, if your life is cluttered on the outside, your life will be cluttered on the inside. And so, when, when I teach this, you have to understand some things about me. This, this is 
the motivation for my life. I am not out to be popular. I used to be. I'm not out, to be honest with you, I like people to think right about me, but I really don't care. I just want to love people and help people. And I want to equip people. So, so, so many pastors get in the pulpit and they, they kind of think about, okay, man, I, maybe I shouldn't say this or shouldn't say that because I don't want to upset or I'm, I'm kind of afraid of, you know, what if they leave? I've, I've been redeemed from all of that. This is what the motivation of my life is. I just want to help you. I want to help you because when I stand before God, I've got I've to give an account. Did I say everything in the love of God under the anointing that he wanted me to say so that you would be equipped to go do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ would be built up so that literally you can walk out God's plan for your life. Tonight, this subject is massively important. It's, it's you know, when you, you watch a football game and you see this receiver jump and catch this ball one-handed and literally the out-of-bounds line and he's falling and he gets both feet in you know and you're like that was incredible do you know not one nfl football player has ever done something in a game that they haven't done hundreds and hundreds of times in practice and so in my life sometimes you know i'll be tired I mean, there's been nights, I have this, this vibration thing that you stand on and it's blood flow and it helps you physically and all this stuff, you could work out on it. Sometimes I get so physically tired, but I've got to kind of straighten up some things in the kitchen because I really want my wife to wake up and it be clean. So her life is not, has clutter. And so sometimes I'm so tired because I'm studying. You know, usually I know the reason why I'm really tired is because I wake up and the back of my neck, I'm deep in the spirit, right? My neck is hurting because my head's like this. And, and the Lord is like, well, you just go to bed, right? Because you're sleeping, right? And I'll go downstairs and I might stand on that plate, you know, to wake up a little bit so I can kind of get some blood flow going, so I can kind of do some dishes and then go to bed. But we do, we, I live my life, I don't like putting stuff away any, but any more than anybody else. But I live my life spiritually that everything has a place and I put everything in its place. You know, when I was a national sales manager in the corporate world, I would go to time management seminars. It's amazing how much time. I don't even remember the statistics, thank God, because it's been so long ago. How much time people look for a pen. How much time people look for their keys. And, and all of this stuff, right? So in our marriage, it's hilarious because sometimes if something's missing, I'll be like, Jeanette, uh, where, where is this? And, and she'll be like, no, it wasn't, and, and, but then she'll kind of smile and go, but I know him, it's always in the same place, right? Well, I do that because I want to live my life spiritually with no clutter. And, and here's what happens in life and people well, I sure didn't decide, I didn't plan on starting out like this. But have you ever had this happen? You're really busy, you're doing stuff, pretty soon your office is a disaster, and then 
something time sensitive happens and you've got to find a piece of paper, but because you haven't filed everything and you haven't done stuff for a long time, you're like, ah, oh. so now you have no time. It's stressful and you got to take all this time or, or something breaks and you need this tool. Where did I put it? And you actually remember back when you used it the last time about down on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit's going, put that away. And you said, you just ignored that, right? That clutters your conscience. So let's talk about this tonight. You guys ready? So Romans chapter eight, verse 14, this will help you. Romans chapter eight, verse 14, foundational scripture, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit leads us by bearing witness with our spirit. And Romans 8, verse 14, for, for all those that are led, led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So Pastor Edwin, we got to do this again, okay? So the word led is the Greek word, as I've said before, ago. Okay, so let's see if we could do this right. And you've got to hold this up. So it was a farming term where a farmer would tie a rope around his animal and he would lead him. Okay? But this is what happens in life. If, you're, if you don't have a clear conscience, things get cluttered and all of a sudden you don't really sense the leading. So then, Edwin, go ahead and walk that way. So you don't sense the leading. And, and, you know, so you're trying to walk this way, but notice the Holy Spirit's never moving, right? Because if, if, if the plan is to go this way, notice, and, and sometimes, I mean, try to pull pretty hard. I mean, you know, pulling pretty hard, God's still not moving, right? And, and, and so was the pressure kind of, that was pretty kind of tough down there, right? But, but sometimes, even though, how many of you have ever been in a place where you're trying to go this direction, nothing seems to be working right, and you don't really even sense that there is this stop, and it's the Holy Spirit. And it's because you're cluttered. You've dulled yourself. So this is why we have to live our life being open and yielding to the Lord and, we, and in order to do that, we have to have a clear conscience. You can clutter yourself with guilt. Shame's a big clutter. Offense is a massive clutter because offense never stops biting at you. So it clutters you constantly. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I'll just give that to you. Yeah, yeah. Nice belt. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so man, could you imagine? Take a water bottle and Pastor Edwin away from me. I might not be able to preach. I don't know. But, but this is why this is so important, because the Holy Spirit, he knows what you're called to do. He knows where you're called to go. We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. This is a spiritual minefield. Satan's playing for keeps, even though people don't know it. There's mines everywhere, and the Holy Spirit, while you're at rest, will walk you just right through it so that you never get hit. Oh, he'll attack, 
But the, uh, the Holy Spirit, he'll always keep you ahead of him. So we have to learn to be led even in the very small things in your life. If you're not led in the small things, you won't be led in the big things, right? I, I know when I played basketball, man, if we would ever start messing around in, in, in practice, our coach would go ballistic because he's like, you're going to play in a game how you practice. So if you're loose, it could cost us a game because at the moment you need to do something, you're not sharp. Well, how a Christian stays sharp, this is our sharp. We've ceased from our works. We're at rest. We're not moved by any circumstances around us. We see all of them as they really are under our feet. All of them is subject to change and must bow to the truth of God's word. And I'm not moved by that. So let's look at a few scriptures real quick about what Jesus said about this mighty Holy Spirit that he was going to send to us who's here today. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 26. We're kind of laying a quick foundation. John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but the comforter, comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, that's pretty good, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. So what is the Holy Spirit, what is he able to bring to your remembrance? All the word of God that you have actually heard. Maybe not listened to, but when you hear it and revelation comes, he'll be able to bring all that to your remembrance. He, the Bible says he'll teach you all things and he'll bring them all to your remembrance. Wow. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Pastor Edwin, he teaches AP physics, AP chemistry in high school. Could you imagine if how, how all of his students would be if he was their comforter? And so he was sitting right, so let's say there's this young lady and she, I mean, she has to ace these classes because she, you know, she wants a high GPA, she wants to get a scholarship, all this stuff. Would she be stressed out at all on the final, an AP physics final, if Pastor Edwin was sitting next to her? He's the one who taught her all things. And if she looks at this problem and goes, man, I don't know the answer to that. And she just turned and looked at him and said, hey, what's the answer to this? And Pastor Edwin said, oh, I'll bring it to your remembrance. It's, uh, it's this, let's do this. And Do you think she'd ever be stressed out by a test? Never. Should we ever be stressed out at anything we face in life? Never, because he's our comforter. This Greek word, it's, it's the Greek word parakletos, para. It's a masculine, or this Greek word para, it's a masculine noun, parakletos. Para means pressed into. It describes a position. Pressed into, or it's describing a position that the Holy Spirit has. Kaleo, where the word kletos comes from, means to call on somebody. 
In other words, there's, an, there, there's a call associated with this. In other words, the Father has called the Holy Spirit to come alongside of you. Para also means to come alongside. The Father God, see, so the Holy Spirit has a call on his life. And it's to come alongside of you, to help you, to teach you. Isn't that awesome? One, it literally means one called alongside of you to take hold together with you against everything that you face. So if I'm, if I'm in this battle and something's pressing me, now I might be in trouble if what's pressing me is stronger than me, right? I saw this, this uh, sports science program one time, and this, this, uh, this one lineman who was coming out of college, he was the number one draft pick, and so they had, this, they had him in full pads, and then they had this guy who was the, the, uh, the head of the show or whatever, and he's just this guy, he's like a little scientist guy, right? And so he got in all these football pads, and they put this big mat behind him. The mat was this thick, and it just went for like 20 feet. And so what it was going to do is he was going to get down, and, and they were going to measure the pound of pressure and the velocity that he would get hit by this lineman. And these linemen, they push up. So it kind of freaked the guy out because this guy... This lineman threw him. He was about 12 feet in the air and just threw him all the way over there. With the velocity, it was almost like he got hit by a car. Right? Now, if I was against a guy like that, a gorilla like that, that would be hard. But if me and the Holy Spirit, who's all-powerful, I'd be like, okay, I'd just be kind of holding on. Right? Going... It's going to be bad for you, right? Because it doesn't matter how big and bad anybody is. Nobody is as big or as strong as God. And that's what God is trying to tell us right here. So comforter, this word means advocate. It means, that's an attorney. It means a helper. It means someone who will always stand by you. You know, when you go through things or when you mess up, a lot of times friends leave, the Holy Spirit never will. He'll stand by you, right? He stands by you. He's your be- it literally means your best friend, a personal advisor, an instructor. It means a mentor or a coach. See, the coach describes the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives. What does a coach do? It teaches you how to perfect what you're doing. Right? So he will teach you how to perfect yourself in the walk of faith, in walking in love, in being led by the Spirit of God. So my job is to cooperate with the coach, not to know everything. Right? Does that make sense? That's what, that's what my job is. So it, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things, He'll bring all things to your remembrance. So let's look at another scripture. John 15, 26. John 15, 26 says this, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, 
which proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, Jesus says. So not only will he teach me all things, not only will he bring them to my remembrance, but he will testify of Jesus. This means he'll bear witness, he'll be a witness, he'll bear record, he'll affirm what he has seen, what he has heard, and what he has experienced from Jesus. And the Bible says he'll testify of me. Now if you go to John 16, verse 13 through 15, it says this, John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. What is truth? John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. So you have a personal guide into all the word of God. That's pretty powerful, right? He'll guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you what the enemy's doing before you ever get there. So he'll keep you ahead of everything. Verse 14, he'll glorify me, for he'll receive of mine and show it unto you. Verse 15, all that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. Therefore I said, he'll take of mine and show it unto you. What will he show unto you? Everything of the Father's. That's amazing. So this is why we are led, we must be led by the Holy Spirit, not again, remember, I think in week one, I gave you this list. Don't be led by your head. Don't be led by feelings. Don't be led by reason. Don't be led by logic. Don't be led by your circumstances. Here's a big one. Don't be led by the advice of others. Right? No, no, no. No, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Don't be led by money. A child of God should never be led by money. We should be led by the Spirit of God. So, we talked about this. You must yield. We must cooperate with the Lord. We must follow him when he leads us. That's how you yield. We must be open to the Holy Spirit. Willing and open to hear anything the Lord would say to you. Anything. See, this is, this is where we go awry because we've got the majority of Christians that are going, I want to live my life and I want to do this. And what's happening is they're not open. Don't, you know, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to do this. Don't talk to me about money. I'll get mad and I'll leave because all, all you pastors want is money. Okay. Right? But, but sorry, if you don't honor God in your finances, you're going to live, your life's going to be a mess. Maybe not initially, but long term. Why? Why is it going to be a mess? Because God is withholding? No. You can't, he can't lead you to where you need to go because you're not open. Right? So we have inner turmoil because our spirit's going, what are you doing? Right? You're not supposed to be sleeping around outside of marriage. That produces death. It always will. Why? Because God, God's word says don't do that. Yeah, but you know what? Don't even tell me that. 
I mean, it's hilarious. When I talk to pastors in the church, it's hilarious. I got to be careful what I say. Because, wow. man, people will just leave. And if they're spirit-filled, they'll leave like this. The Holy Spirit just told me to leave. Wow. Right? And, they'll, and see, they'll actually believe it. Why? Because their conscience is cluttered. And, and now, and, and they're not sensing things, and they'll think something is God when it violates his word. Right? I mean, if the Holy Spirit is saying, go here, and you're not willing to go there, that doesn't help you. Right? So let's keep talking about this. We have to be willing to do anything he will direct us to do. To go, to stay why should you be planted at Faith Family Church? Only one reason. And it's not because you like the preaching. It's not because, you know, I need rest once in a while and your voice is so soothing. I could just come to church and I just, wow, it's awesome, right? I get some rest. It's not because of awesome worship or awesome children's ministry. No, 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 no. You can't be led that way. You have to be, it's very simple. Am I supposed to be here or not? So in order to know that, in order so I'm not self-deceived, I've got to be willing to yield to him in every area, to be open. Lord, you talk to me about anything and I'll do it. Come on. Right? I know you. You'll never hurt me. That's right. right? So this is huge. So let's go on. Number three tonight is, is we have to live with this clear conscience. How often was this spoken of? Do you know there's 30 references in the New Testament about a clear conscience? There's four references that Paul talks about how that he lived his life with a clear conscience. You know, why does it say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore, therefore now that Jesus came out of the grave, no condemnation to those that be in Christ Jesus. Why does he say that? Because if you're guilty and condemning yourself or allowing shame in your life, it's going to clutter you you're not going to be able to have a clear conscience. When you go to God and you need something, you'll think, well, I'm just not good enough. And that's just a, that, that's just a big partial lie. Yes, it is. Well, of course, you and I in ourselves are not good enough. But don't jump all the way in because Jesus was good enough. Yes, and I, my whole life is not based on my obedience. It's based on his obedience. Amen. And he hears and answers and get, has given me all things that pertains to life and godliness, not because I deserve it, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. Amen. Right? So I got to keep a clear conscience. You know, Brother Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen, he talked about this, and it's so good. He said that conscience, your conscience, is the voice of your spirit. In the same way that reason is the voice of your mind in the same way that feelings are the voice of your body. What do I mean by this, the voice? Your conscience is how your spirit expresses itself. So if you clutter that, your spirit's not going to be able to express itself and you're not, the leading of the Holy Spirit's not going to be clear to you. Your, your body, literally, the, the voice of your body is feeling. If you don't believe me, just go home, 
and take a hammer and just hit your finger. Tap it. You don't have to hit it very hard. You will understand exactly what I'm talking about. You will have an overwhelming feeling, right? Reason is how your mind expresses itself. Your mind will look at something if it's not renewed and say, I can't do that. Peter's in the boat. Jesus, I bid you to come. If that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus is like, come. If he would have got in his mind, reason would have kept him because you can't walk on liquid water, right? So he gets out of the boat. He's walking on water. But then he starts looking at the waves and he starts reasoning, wow, you can't walk on water. And then he does another supernatural thing. He begins to sink. Have you ever done that? I can't, you can't do that. You just sink, right? And when he cried out to Jesus, the cool thing is Jesus pulled them up and they walked back to the boat. That's pretty cool. Reason. So this is why these are so important. These are how your spirit, your soul, your body, how they express themselves. We must be aware of our conscience. God wants you to live your life aware of your conscience. How you live your life affects your conscience. I'm telling you one of the biggest things as a child of God that the Holy Spirit will work on you with is you got to forgive yourself. And you got to stop beating yourself up. Then, if there's people that have hurt you, you got to forgive them. you got to let it go. You might have to watch the movie Frozen ten times, but just let it go. Play that song, right? You have to let it go because, because literally you have to stay clear and at rest so that the Holy Spirit, so you're sensitive to his leading because he'll lead you. And, and now, now feelings, when you follow the Lord, will you have them? Oh, man, you'll have them. Your emotions, when they're not twisted and they're working right, they'll motivate you like nothing else. But we want to stay with a clear conscience so that the enemy doesn't get in there and start warping things. Your conscience affects how you hear from God. Right? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So let's look real quick at these four verses that Paul talked about. Acts 23.1 was the first one. Here's Paul. Paul's a guy that before he was saved, what did he do? He went around with letters, governmental letters, putting Christians in prison and having them killed. And so here's Paul, Acts 23, 1. It says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Wow. Sounds like Paul forgot who he was before he was born again. But look at how he says that. I've lived before, right? I've lived in all good conscience before God. In other words, I'm focused on, on keeping my conscience clear. In Acts 24, verse 16, it says, he said this, and herein, Acts 24, 16, and herein, do I exercise myself? Well, that's interesting. That means he was doing something. Exercise means you're doing something. I exercise myself 
to always to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and man. So in other words, Paul says this doesn't happen automatically. I have to exercise myself so that my conscience is completely void of offense. I mean, you know, and he even said God. Could you imagine? He's in a Philippian jail. They beat him with rods. He's in prison. Why is he there? Well, he saw a vision, and God told him to go there. You bet Satan's sitting on his shoulder when he's hurting physically because he was beaten, right? And, and, and Satan's going, wow, God must really love you. He led you right into this deal. But he says, no, I exercise myself. How does he do that with his mouth? He speaks the word, speaks the word, speaks the word, speaks the word. Right? You should, you should not go a day, not even hours, really not even very many minutes, let alone not weeks, not months, or not years with something bothering you in your conscience in what areas between you and god and you and other people this this is this is if you get nothing else today this is so important you don't don't carry any of this stuff you have to literally you got to make sure that you're not living life with stuff bothering you because as a child of god if your behavior is this way and the word is over here your spirit is going to be an inner turmoil there. And so, so the Holy Spirit's there to help you straighten that out because he doesn't want you bothered about any other person, any situation, anything. He wants you completely with a clear conscience. We have to get clear and stay clear. This is the key to rest, which is the highest level of faith where you cease from your own works. The next scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Timothy 1, 3. He said, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. I thank God. In other words, he's thanking God because God is helping him keep this pure, con this pure conscience, right? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18 is another verse of scripture. The fourth one. He said, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. So why don't people have a clear conscience? Because this is what happens. When a person receives Christ and is born again, guess what? Their conscience, it's, it, the, the, their spirit man's brand new. Their conscience is completely clear. So now, what you do from that point will cause your conscience to either stay clear or become cluttered or clouded. Right? I could tell you this, I'm an individual that got born again and then just 
didn't, didn't do and grow and wasn't, I didn't even know. I was never taught. I didn't even know what a conscience was. And so my conscience got very clouded and very cluttered. And if that might be you today, don't worry about that because you could turn that around and get clear again, right? All of heaven is behind you that way. When you ignore God's dealings, when you ignore God's leadings, you dull yourself. You clutter and cloud your conscience. If you do this long enough, this is what happens. The longer you go by ignoring God's dealings, ignoring God's leadings, what happens is you become less sensitive to spiritual things and you become more sensitive to natural things. And when, when you go for a long time, you're completely aware only of natural things. And then what kicks in is self-deception because you'll think that you're still okay. It's, it's, this is happening. We know so many Christians that are right here. Right? They're completely missing God's plan for their life. They're bound, they're unhappy, but some of them, when you talk to them, man, they'll talk to you about how spiritual they are and how God's leading them. And you know, you know, I, I've met people, well, you know, God, God he just hasn't led me to plant myself in a local church. So I just kind of do my own thing. Okay, well, according to the word of God. How does that fit in with Hebrews 10, 25, that you're not supposed to forsake the gathering of yourself together? Well, you know, God, I've even had people tell me, you know, God just, I'm not a reader, and God is really, he, he doesn't, he's told me it's okay, I don't have to read the oh word. My goodness. And I mean, really believe it. And, and you're sitting there going, but, but it doesn't catch you off guard because you know the stupid place you've been before. Yeah. And you're going, you know, you know just what it is right now. Yeah, it, you've just been saying no to him for so long. Now you're just totally aware of natural things. But because you have this Holy Spirit on the inside of you and, and everything, you'll start twisting it. Right? I mean, it, th this is where all this crazy stuff comes from. But it's not worth it. Isn't it amazing when you've got in the will of God, when you've ceased from your own works, and you know this whole deal's not up to me. God's got me. His mercy's greater than my disobedience, so if I ever mess up, if I ever choose wrong, I just run back to him, and it's forgiven, settled. And you start walking in that revelation, and somebody does you wrong, you're like, hey, nope, don't worry about it. It's all good, right? I'm not gonna judge you. Why, why, why would I want to judge you? I don't want to be judged. Man, if I'm ever driving down the road and I see a Christmas tree in my rearview mirror with, that's loud with sirens, if, if he's coming after me, I want mercy. Don't want justice. If I'm going 72 in a 55, I'm really hoping that policeman's having a great day. Right? Mercy. Now, I don't know that I could believe God for mercy in that situation, right? But that's a whole other subject, right? So 
Even if you become dull, know this tonight. You can become sensitive again. God's not mad at you for being dull. He's not. He, he, that's right. He loves you. He might not be pleased with what you're doing, but he still loves you, and he, he does, he's never going to come beat you up for it. He's going to tell you, forget about it, and let's go. Where do you look when you're looking to the Lord for a leading? Where do you look? Here's the answer. You look on the inside for direction. Never to the outside. You look down in your spirit because that's where all your direction is going to come from. Our spirit can be clear and cluttered or, or it could be cluttered. When I say cluttered, listen, the, the word is amazing. We, we don't need to go into it because we all know it. Don't, do you know what clutter is? Yeah. Right? So think of maybe your garage or think of that closet for some people, just think of your dresser drawers or certain ones, right? Now, what if, what if you're a mechanic and your tools are cluttered, right? What does it mean if your desk is so cluttered, your drawers are so cluttered, is it going to be easy to find something? Or is it going to be hard to find something? It's going to be hard, isn't it? But if everything is in its place, you just walk over, open it up. It's right there. It's exactly the way it works spiritually. That's really all we need to say, isn't it? So, so we just, and, and see, here is, here is the danger in our society we have more access to the word of God. I mean, you can grow. The tech, I mean, you could, be, you could learn this. You could really grow if you want to. But here's the issue. Because of technology, you could be so busy and have so many distractions. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, man, you know, one of my favorite cartoons, Fat Albert. Love Fat Albert. Look forward all weekend, or all week to watching it. it. Cartoons were Saturday morning. You know, now you can go blind watching cartoons all the time. Football, you like football? Well, before, you know, man, it might be a Sunday or Monday thing. Now, oh, no, no, no. It could be all day Sunday, all day Monday, right? All day, all night Thursday. Then they, then they do other things. And then, and then you have all these other things where you could just re-watch games and you could literally waste your life watching football. I mean, the talk shows about football, they're getting as bad as the news. You can't even watch it. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting in Psalm 1-1. I'm sitting in the seat of the scoffer. I don't care that LeBron James just ran over a cat and he's a horrible person. You know, I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? right? We have so many distractions, they're designed to clutter you, That's right. to dull you spiritually. We must not go day to day with things bothering us. And I have other things, I'll just go into it next week. But let me finish with this right now. You cannot go day to day with things bothering you. Right now, as I said that, 
If you look down on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit right now is telling you the number one thing that's bothering you. What he's, why is he doing that? Because he wants you to let it go. He wants you to deal with it. He'll give you the word, right? And if you'll just let him lead you out, he'll lead you into a clear conscience. I can't close yet. The Lord's just, I, I can't, I gotta go a little bit longer. I apologize, I just said that. Offended people are always bothered. Why? They're always bothered. Offense will gnaw at you. Have you ever been offended? You think about it all day. You go home, you talk to your friends about it all day, then you talk to your spouse about it or your boyfriend or girlfriend all night. You think about it, and what it's designed to do, it, it, it's, it's designed to dull you spiritually. Our lives, our conscience gets cluttered and clouded because we don't follow the Holy Spirit's leadings to put things away or to let them go. Do you ever notice in your life everything within you, the dryer's done. I'll do it later. Down on the inside of you, there's just like this little, just do it now. Just do it now. Right? You know, my wife is so cute. One of the honors that I have as a, as a husband is I get to put gas in her car. So I'll get a text with a picture of the gas gauge and a smiley face. And that's it, you know? And then I, I, so sometimes I'm like, man, I'm super busy. So like even today, I'm like, I, I was gonna do it later. And I'm like, no, no, I gotta go do it right now. Because what happens later, then it's stressful, right? Our conscience gets cluttered because we don't follow these leadings. We override the leading because of, well, I gotta do this or I gotta do that. Listen, you could be so busy You'll be so busy. There's people that are so busy, they're too busy to go to church. Talk to somebody who's retired. They can't figure out how they ever worked. Because they're so busy as, they're, as retired, how did I ever work a full-time job, right? To be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's direction, I said this before, you're gonna have to be sensitive to his correction. If you're not sensitive to his correction, you won't be sensitive to his direction right? So God is a God of precision. If you look at your body, when your body gets out of balance, any system out of balance, it causes things to happen that are not right. Nature is, is there's just a balance. The universe, everything that God's created, he's precise. If the earth tilted a little bit different angle, no life. If the earth was just a little closer to the sun, no life. A little further away, no life. All of this stuff is held perfectly. Everything should have its own place and be in its own place. This is why I'll do a little teaching seminar for parenting. Teach your kids to put things away. The mother, right, Sarah, you're not the maid for Asher and Micah. Does that make sense? For you moms, for you dads. Have, I mean, we watch the kids. It's like you can literally do dishes, clean the kitchen, clean the food off the floor, and, and just all the time 
but you teach them to do it. Actually, what you're actually doing is you're teaching them how to have a clear conscience. When they get older, they will learn these things spiritually. The natural and the spiritual, it's the same. Everything you procrastinate about is hindering your own spiritual sensitivity. I can't stress that enough. And it'll cost you. It causes blind spots in your life. So people, I think I could close. People are cluttered and confused because, or they're confused because their spirit is cluttered. So many times they did not obey the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So many things they did not follow through on that the Holy Spirit was leading them to. So many things that they didn't pay attention to when the Holy Spirit was trying to draw their attention to it. It's all connected. If you ignore the small things, you'll end up ignoring the bigger, more important things. What am I saying? We have to train ourselves in this. And here's the cool thing. One of the fruits of all of our spirit is self-control. We can't say we're not disciplined because actually you are. No, Tony, you don't know. No, no, that's your flesh. But the Holy Spirit will teach you how to live out of your spirit. Right? So anyway, I hope this helps you. I'm going to read you one story. The ten virgins. Remember from Sunday? Ten virgins. Five were ready. Five were not. Right? All of a sudden, here they are. Five of them fill their lamps. The other five, their lamps are empty. When the bridegroom comes, the ones that are ready... The, the ones that don't have oil are going, hey, can you give us some oil? And the ones that are ready are going, I can't give you oil because I won't have enough. Go and buy some. But it was too late. They were not prepared. They were not ready. It says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath, past tense, made herself ready. Always know this. God, God uses people who are ready. God uses people who are prepared. I know some of the most talented, talented preachers, worship leaders, ministers that they're not able to do anything for God because they're just not ready. They're not prepared. So Larius, when I was down at Rama, if Brother Hagen was up on the stage and he said, hey, Keith, can you come up here and lead us in a song? Keith Moore, one of my teachers down at Rama, he would literally jump off the first row and run. People would laugh at him. He would, he would always be ready to preach because Brother Hagen, he, I mean, could you imagine this? There's like six, 7,000 people coming to a meeting. Ten minutes before the meeting, Brother Hagen would go, hey, Keith, why don't you take the service tonight? Could you imagine if Keith was like, I, di I didn't, I'm not prepared, right? 
But he always used Keith because he was always prepared. God wants to use you and help you fulfill the plan of God for your life, but you gotta be ready. And here's the thing, almost ready is not ready. Almost prepared is not prepared. So how do you clear your conscience? I got to read this to you. I, I apologize. This is just so important. I'm, 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 I'm getting in a hurry because of prayer. But you know what? We're going to get to where we need to go in, by, in prayer tonight. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he, talking about Jesus, entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, get this, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without, without spot to God, purge, this means to cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The only thing that can purge your conscience, that can cleanse your conscience, is the blood of Jesus. Great. So if you're saved, that's happened. So how do you keep your conscience clear? Obedience. You obey. You, you are open and yielded. Whatever he says do, just do it. You'll keep your conscience clear. Well, yeah, pastor, what if, I, what if I clutter it back up? The blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience. Go to him, Lord, I've been living for myself. I haven't been, I haven't been doing this. I just confess that before you. I believe I receive your forgiveness. You're cleansing from all my unrighteousness. And then guess what? You start over. That's it. So simple. Thank you, Lord. Not easy. The only reason why it's not easy is if you try to do it in your own strength. If you do it in his strength, easy. Amen?